Welcome to The Lead, a podcast where we learn how to get ahead in the media industry from the people who did it. I'm Charlotte Northworthy. In this episode, I speak with Tracy Brown, the Deputy Managing Editor at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. She served in several other roles at the newspaper since arriving there in 2007, including reporter and editor overseeing news and arts. Now she also heads up podcasting for the newspaper, and she's a 1988 graduate from our own Grady College. In this episode, we discuss the presence of audio storytelling at newspapers and leadership development. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast was created by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership as a part of its Innovation Fellowship Program. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash coxinstitute. Now, here's the lead. So welcome to the show, Tracy. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. I'd love to hear about your background. You're a Grady grad. Yes. And so much has happened between your graduation and where you are now at the AJC. Um, Well, it's certainly a different world from when I graduated from Grady. I am actually an 88 grad. So I've been in the business for a while. When I graduated, I thought I was going to do something very different from what I'm doing right now. I thought I was going to be working at an ad agency. That's what I got my degree in. I had taken classes, journalism classes, newspaper writing classes. Um, But I thought I was going to be in advertising. And then I got a job right out of school, went to work for a small ad agency, and then decided that I wanted to be more, do more writing, because that was just my passion. And so I got involved in this newspaper workshop program that was actually trying to hire more people of color in newspapers. At that time, um, it was a struggling industry in terms of diversity. And it's kind of interesting that we're, I feel like in some ways, we're almost probably back where we were in 88 because the industry has reduced the number of overall journalists, um, not just journalists of color, but journalists and, you know, overall. I started my first newspaper job at the state newspaper in Columbia, South Carolina. And that's kind of interesting, too, because I think that that I learned a lesson early on being a recent college graduate that I think the approach that I took then probably influenced where I am right now. And so when I first got, I, I was hired as a general assignment reporter. And the first day I show up at the job, they tell me, well, you know, you did pretty well on the editing portion of the test. Um, would you mind doing, coming on as a, or doing copy editing for a couple of weeks to kind of help us out? I was young. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I'll do that. And so two more weeks, it was, two, you know, can you do two more weeks and two more weeks? Actually, it ended up being two years. I had never done a day of reporting and I had been copy editing the entire time, but I had gotten to where I was pretty good at it. But still, I felt like, you know, they kind of hired me as a reporter. And it was kind of like that bait and switch. But I was serving the need that they had at that time. Um, I knew they hired a new executive editor and she found out what I was doing. And she said, you know, it's not fair that we have a, we hired you to do one thing and never let you do it. So I became a reporter, a general assignment reporter. I did that for about a year. And then I actually got a job uh, offer from the St. Pete Times, which is, you know, still, I think, one of the best newspapers in the country to come on board as a copy editor. And I I struggled with that a little bit because I was like, I'm, I'm ready to move but I'm kind of enjoying the reporting thing. However, I had gotten pretty good doing editing. And so I went there as uh, I decided to take the job. It was, you know, a good move on my part. I worked there for about four years doing copy editing and design. I worked on the news desk. That ended up leading me to the Dallas Morning News. I got recruited in Dallas to be um, assistant news editor. So I went there, was on the news desk, was doing, you know, helping with the printed paper, 
And after a few years, they promoted me to basically kind of run the news desk for the suburban operation and then decided I wanted to be in arts and entertainment. I got a job in the features department running the Friday Guide section, which was a tabloid. I was also over GuideLive.com, and that kind of got me into the digital space, which was pretty cool. And then um, I ended up becoming the deputy arts editor. And then by that time, I, I was interested in kind of moving back to Georgia. And I got a job as the entertainment editor. I've been in Atlanta now for 11 years. And you talk about change. I have done so many different jobs in the 10 years that I have been in Atlanta. For me, the lesson then and now is that the industry is changing. When you say, are you a champion of change? I think I am a champion of change. I I embrace it. I know that the industry needs to change and whether it is from being very much focused on the print edition to then it's digital and now there's audio storytelling and social media. So the industry has changed and during my 10 years at the AJC, I've been, I got there as entertainment editor, I've been education editor, I've been features editor, I've been uh, what we call a premium word editor, which basically just means that you're like one of those people who is an expert at, you know, editing some of our complicated stories. I've done that. Then I became page one editor, which was a job that I really didn't see myself doing. It's like by that time I've been in features journalism so for so long. I just wanted to be the features editor. And so when I was approached about being the page one editor, I was reluctant at first because I think I didn't trust myself to be making such a important call every single day. But it was good that others trusted me to do it. And so I'm glad that I did because it really helped me to hone my skills in terms of making hard news decisions and then doing it quickly. And so that ended up kind of raising my profile and visibility in the newsroom with that job. And so people in the newsroom um, start, began to value my news judgment and sense. And so then the door opened for me to become a deputy managing editor. And so then not only was I over you know, the, the page one in the Sunday edition in terms of news, but I was also over education team, the features team. And so all those things that I had pretty much been, you know, kind of leading individually. Now I was running those collectively. And so that was pretty exciting. Yeah. I saw that the newspaper has around 10-ish podcasts now, ranging in subject matter, politics, sports, crime. You know, whenever you think of the AJC, you think the newspaper. Why has there been a sudden pivot to audio storytelling? Where did that priority come from? Right. So um, I guess it's almost about two and a half years now. Um that um, one of our managing editors, who is now retired, had this idea for doing this podcast after Serial, after after the NPR um, podcast Serial. It was like, we could do that. There, there's got to be a good story out there for us to tell in a way, because that's what we do. We tell stories and we, we dig deep. We do, you know, some investigative stuff. And so he had this idea that we would do that, that we would find a story, a crime story for us to tell, maybe somebody who had been, you know, falsely or wrongly accused that we could, you know, delve into um, the way that our judicial process works. And initially, we all thought, what? What? We're a newspaper. Um, But I'm glad that he had the vision for it, and he worked with the uh, reporter, Bill Rankin, who is our legal affairs reporter. And so that was our first foray into podcasting. 
Um, and I think that, um, to me, it's just a different way of telling stories. So just how newspapers have had to um, transform uh, and change from just telling stories for the printed product, but then telling stories for online. Um, there was a time where we would send our reporters out to not just cover a story with their pen and pad, but they had a recorder where they were, you know, getting audio for it. They had to take video. They had to take pictures. And so um, to me, that was just an extension of that. Um, I see um, podcasts as an opportunity to not just tell stories in a different way, but to give readers context and understanding. And right now that's a key part of our mission is giving context and understanding. So rather it is sports where you're going deeper on a topic. You're not just covering the game, but you're giving insight. I feel like that's what podcasting does. Um, and so um, all of our podcasts, whether it's our Politically Georgia podcast, rather it's Ex Excess Atlanta, which is just things to do. So we don't just like, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, ramble off on, ramble off on, okay, here are five things for you to do this weekend. Um, but it's bringing in people, you know, whether it's a, a local, you know, artist, um, a musician, um, but but somebody that's, uh, you know, to, to do a deeper profile. And I think it's pretty cool and exciting to hear in people's own voice um, about a topic and that you're just not, you're just not reading it, um, but that you're experiencing it you know, through through audio, which I think is pretty powerful. Are you finding that other newsrooms are starting to incorporate different forms of media that they typically or traditionally wouldn't? Yeah, I mean, I think so, because in order for us to, and this is where I always give the spiel about podcasts and why I think it's so important. So um, newspaper newsrooms have typically, and news, in the newspaper has typically been attracted, um, attracts an older demographic. Um, I think podcasts is an opportunity and, and Facebook Live and Snapchat and all those things give us an opportunity to expose our brand to a younger demographic. And if we are going to stay relevant and if we're going to survive in the industry, we have to figure out how to do that. Um, and I think podcasts, you know, it's funny, we did some, you know, recent research about podcasts and um, the overwhelmingly our older readers um didn't really care for it. It wasn't something that they felt like they engaged with even once a month. Um, but the younger um, part of our of our readers um, did engage a lot. And so to me, that's an opening. That's a, you know, if, if, if you, we create a podcast that um, young, you know, the younger demographic will listen to, and then um, say, oh, Breakdown, I'm familiar with that, or the Access Atlanta or the Politically Georgia, then that carries on to when they see AJC.com somewhere else, um, they'll go, you build that trust. And so I think that building trust and building relationship that um, helps our brand awareness will help us engage readers in AJC.com and AJC, the printed edition. So um, I see podcasting as an extension of storytelling and uh, an opportunity to open the door um, to our brand. I'd love to talk about leadership for a second. So you've had lots of experience heading up portions of the newsroom and new innovative projects at the AJC and all over the place. What are some qualities of newsroom leadership that you found are absolutely crucial? So I think that, um, to me in general, in the newsroom, people have to, um, you know, trust is important, 
Um, and I think building relationships um, is a key. You have to be able to um, to um, help people. Um, what's the word? Well, collaboration is important. And if you showing that you're a team player um, as a leader, I think in the newsroom, I think the people that get the most respect in the newsroom are people who show that they can um, they can collaborate well across teams, but that they care. Um, journalists can be pretty, you know, they're skeptical. They can be cynical, um, you know, individuals. But I think when you show them that you care about them. Um, as people and that you care about them as journalists and that you care about you care about the readers that it's not a just not just about um, getting page views that it's not just about the bottom line but it is about people and whether those people are in the building or outside the building um, I think people leaders have to care um, you know what's that saying that people don't care what you know until they know that you care um, and so I think, I think that that is, you know, a, a key part of being, um, being a good leader. Um, but also just having a good, you know, grasp on the news, what's going on in the world, um, and being fair. I think that, um, throughout my leadership, um, uh, career, I have always tried to, um, to be fair to people. Um, I try to be fair to readers on a daily basis and giving them, you know, balanced information, removing myself out of it, no matter what I think. I try to, you know, to be fair. And I also try to be fair to um, the people that I work with. And so um, I, I know one time I had a, um, a situation that I was mediating um, between an editor and a reporter. And um, the one of the individuals said that, you know, I feel like you never take my side. And I said, you know, um, I'm, I'm not about choosing sides. I'm trying to do, I always try to do what I think is right, the right thing. And, um, you know, I hate if you feel like that I'm never on that side, but I always try to be on the right side and do the right thing. Um, and so I think that's important. But I, and I believe communication is key. I believe you have to be very transparent about what you, you know, to build trust, you got to be transparent. Um, we hold our government officials accountable to being transparent with taxpayers. And I think that we have to be offer some level, you know, the same level of, of transparency um, as well. And I think mentoring is important. I think there are a lot of, um, we hire more young people at the AJC um, than ever before. I remember when I first got there 10 years ago, our newsroom was very uh, middle age. You couldn't get a job at the AJC unless you had been in the business for quite some time. Now we hire students and we hire students right out of college now. Um, we have a very strong internship program. And so I think that um, I, I like for it when we bring young people in to know that their voice is heard that uh, we value what they bring to the table, um, whether that's, you know, writing stories or managing our social media um, uh, accounts or being a producer on the digital team, that, um, you know, what they say matters to us and that um, we want their input and that if they want to um, grow and develop with the company, that there are opportunities for them to do so. How can students and early career journalists like the ones that you mentioned apply some of these qualities as they're facing a job market that's mm -hmm. pretty intimidating and right. pretty uncertain? 
Right. So I think that, um, you know, you just have to be, I think, uh, aggressive and driven, which I think a lot of young people already are now. But I think it's just like being open to different type opportunities. Had I never, had I closed that door to being a copy editor when I first got out of college, you know, many years ago, um, I probably wouldn't be in the industry right now. And I wouldn't be, even if I was in the industry, I might not be leading people the way that I am now. But I think that just being just being open-minded and being saying, okay, that may not be the perfect, perfect job that, I'm, that I want right now, but it's a way for me to get in, to get some experience, um, to make some connections um, with people. And so um, I think that, yeah, just being open-minded about um, opportunities and skills and where your career might lead you, even if it's not so perfect in the very beginning. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Tracy. I really appreciate it. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lead. I'm your host, Charlotte Norsworthy. This episode was produced with guidance from Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute at the University of Georgia. For more episodes with interesting media leaders, subscribe to The Lead on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Be sure to tune into our next episode, where I talk to the head honchos of community newspapers, Dink and Eric Neesmith, about keeping local news alive. Until next time.